It's October 6th, 2022. This is a special edition of Rook. Well, hi there. Welcome to episode 204 of Rook and another special edition. Are you ready to follow the youth of Iran? Because you should. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Canada. Salam Dustan Aziz. Durur Bashama. Are you ready to follow the youth of Iran? We're about three weeks into the uprising and there's been a fair bit of hand-wringing in the diaspora about a lack of leadership in opposition to this current murderous regime. Who can possibly parachute in and show us the way? Well, it turns out that our leaders exist. They just happen to be born in the 21st century. They are Iranian girls and boys in high school and university and they're setting an example for the world and they're damn fierce. Watch that video of high school girls inside Iran shaming and chasing a superintendent from the regime this week and tell us you're not awestruck. Are you ready to follow the youth of Iran? Because you should. They are wise, they understand collective action, they're full of determination, and they're devoid of the fear of those of us who came before them. Whether the promised land comes this week or this month or next year or more, Iran will never again belong to the Ayatollahs. Dear pundits and prognosticators and pessimists who've seen the uprising as a blip, are you waking up to the youth of Iran? Oh, you should. Dear self-congratulatory Western newspaper writers who suggest that what is happening in Iran is about some unrest due to the economy, are you ready to check out the youth of Iran? Because you should. They are the inspiration, they are the revelation, and they're the destination. And yes, they will need our support, resources, coordination, supplies. They'll need wise counsel and a united diaspora to carry them on our shoulders. But make no mistake, they are the ones to follow. And they've realized the octogenarian clerics who've kept them under their thumb have nothing to offer. Are you ready to follow the youth of Iran? Not just those in the streets, but those beautiful and defiant souls we've lost. Sarina, 16 years old, Karaj, Amir, 15, Karaman Shah, Nika, 16, Tehran, Zakaria, 16, Azerbaijan, the list goes on. Masa Amini, 22, from Kurdistan. There are so many more, we will learn their names, they will be our leaders. For every speculation that the current protests would be crushed like they sadly were in Oban, take a moment to consider the unshakable youth of Iran. For every person in the world who wants to see dictatorships gone, take a look at the youth of Iran. For every Western stereotype you've ever heard of us as backward, barbaric, or inferior, take a look at the youth of Iran. For every marginalized person who's ever felt alone or stepped upon, take a page from the youth of Iran. For every audacious and courageous inkling that the world can witness a new dawn, take a cue from the youth of Iran. On this special edition of Rook, we once again hear from three voices of young people inside Iran who are currently on the front lines of the anti-regime demonstrations and have bravely agreed to join us. Luna, we'll call her in Tehran, Mustafa in Mashhad, and Homa in Tehran, not her real name either. She's currently in hiding but she's agreed to speak to us. This is a special edition of Rook, the uprising voices from inside Iran. 
part two. Studio by Smart Pega. Hi. Hello. And Groovy Shy is back. Hello. Hi, Ezra. Hi. Um, we'll keep this pretty brief because we've got um, three, uh, as I say, courageous and remarkable souls who are on the front lines in Tehran, in Mashhad. Um, and we're going to speak to them uh, starting in Tehran in just a moment. Uh, I, I guess over the last few days since our Monday show, two things in my mind. One, we don't exactly know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty, uh, it's funny how from, not even from day to day, from hour to hour, mm-hmm. yeah. depending on who you speak to, <laughs> it's over or it's bigger than it's ever been in it's terms right. of the protest movement. And and, and so, we'll, I mean, we, we, I'll put this to these guys, um, you know, who we're speaking to, the, these two women and, and, and a man, um, we're young people we're talking to in Iran in a moment, but um, to get their opinion on that. But um, one thing's for sure, it, it's not dead uh, at all. Yes. The you know the the videos that are emerging, um, despite the regime's attempts at closing down the internet and any access to to the Western world, uh, show young people defiant uh, students in universities. That the Sharif incident on the weekend has just inspired more demonstrations. Uh, high school kids, elementary school That's kids. Right. Right. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. But we don't know. We don't know exactly. No one can know, I guess, exactly what's happening on the ground. Um, but the other thing I thought about this week is uh, <clears throat> the last few days, and this is related to or germane to what we, what we talked about on Monday and, and last week. This does feel like the week to me that the media, uh, the Western media that is to a certain extent, and governments to a certain extent have woken up mm-hmm. um, or been goaded into having to say or do something um, because we're finally getting, uh, you can see sort of uh, the Canadian Prime Minister or the U.S. administration mm-hmm. or whoever feeling like they need to say something and respond. So far, um, not in a form that pleases anybody I know, but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but y- you know, they're, they're, you can see that, that the goalposts have been moved and now we're starting to see articles on main front pages and things like that as well. Uh, CNN coverage and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it was all of a sudden too. I felt like it was, um, kind of a domino effect. Like you saw one article and then a couple more and it was, you know, a couple of big names in the fashion industry and then a couple more, a couple of world leaders and then a couple more. So it was interesting to kind of see that development. Um, but yeah, I mean, finally, yeah, better I than mean, what we had. again, it's not, you know, it's there. It's not a mobilization like yeah. it was for Ukraine and it's not leading every newscast. I mean, uh, but it's, but yeah, it's better than it was, I suppose, in mm-hmm. terms of awareness that's being created. It feels like Iran is kind of on the agenda. Um, again, we don't know exactly what's going on. What we do know is that the youth of Iran have no intention of conceding. Definitely. Um, yeah. And, you know, this program is dedicated to them, mm-hmm. including nice. the people we're about to talk to. It's funny you should say that, actually. I was talking to a friend of mine about kind of the current events and what's been happening, and we were comparing notes of um, what had happened in previous uprisings. And uh, I thought, you know, it's it's strange to see that 
any time there had been an uprising before, there was this hope for reform or this um, pushing the envelope bit by bit. But when you compare it to this time, you can see that this generation, there's no reform that they want. There's no bit by bit. They know exactly what they want and they're going after it. And they're willing to put everything on the line for it. I mean, their lives included. So... I think that's that's the bravery that we keep talking about in this generation. I'm continuously in awe of it. Yeah, I alluded to it in the in the opening essay there. But everybody, I, how many people do you know, friends? I mean, you guys, people in there. But but I mean, people in their even in their twenties, but but definitely in their thirties and forties, um, who will say, I mean, all my cousins and stuff say, you know, we didn't, we didn't, mm-hmm. we hated this regime. But growing up in Iran, we didn't think for a moment we could do what these guys are doing you know yeah. uh and uh it's it's this is a it's a it's a brave new world with this new generation yeah and i mean not only are they brave tech savvy um i mean i could continue to go on but um i saw a photo the other day and i thought oh my god and they're creative too mm. um there was this there was this photo that i saw that really stuck with me it was um graffiti on a wall somewhere mm. in iran i don't mm. know where and i guess the translation of what had been written is um after Mahsa, everything is hanging by a hair mm. <laughs> And I thought that's ingenious, like th- mm. just the way that they get their message across, the way they mobilize. They the also, bravery. though, if you think about it, I mean, they, because they don't believe, it seems, that reform is possible, you mm-hmm. know, uh, or that, you know, you can deal with this regime sort of thing, uh, they they really have nothing to lose, And uh, it seems. I yeah. mean, based on what the, the folks we spoke to last week who were inside Iran and what I'm hearing anecdotally from people that I, I talk to, and it, what we're seeing—I mean, it just—they—they're just like ready to lay it on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, this is—we'll uh, see again what um, uh, Luna and Mustafa and, and uh, Homa, as we're calling them, have to say in a, in a few moments. Um, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, you know, I was thinking about how this has evolved in the diaspora too over the last three weeks. Um, you know, week one was everybody kind of in shock, and and you know there were still a bunch of people posting like pictures of them at the club mm-hmm. and you know or promotions for their business or something. That's right. And <clears throat> that kind of ended in week two. And right now, there's a complete like it's very quite interesting that uh, it's hard to find any Iranians on social media who are posting or talking about anything else. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. and and it's weirdly conspicuous. I don't know if it should be, but it's weirdly conspicuous when they're posting about something else. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> here's my new condo development. And you're like, hmm. No, I mean, really. <laughs> it's kind of weird, right? Yeah. It's like, well, why are you posting about For your, sure. even if it's the person's business, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting how the, I don't know how much that's been enforced by sort of social code that mm-hmm. has been imposed on the Iranian diaspora, but it's certainly the case that mm. if you're <laughs> anywhere near a public person, you know you're you you know you better not be mm-hmm. posting about anything else or talking about anything else in your platforms and kind of thing. You know? Yeah, there's also I mean people who do like you said it's like you you almost start to think why is this person posting that or there's a thought oh, process that comes it's with b- it's been happening happening naturally we're not yeah we've all talked about how we how we don't like uh shaming campaigns and mm-hmm, things like that exactly. and yet uh, every couple of hours in our office we'll go this person hasn't posted anything <laughs> about you know <coughs> we all kind of look at them yeah. and we'll wonder why they haven't and what are they up to and <laughs> yeah sure. i mean it's really you know 
But I do have to say <coughs> one thing. I um at the be- I mean not the beginning, but over the course of the last two weeks, I was one of those people who was posting a lot and yeah. reposting and sharing and that kind of thing. And I think over the last two or three days, especially as we're starting to see this up and down of news coming out from Iran, I've started to be a little bit more mindful of what it is that I'm posting. I mean, I know the idea is to get those hashtags out there and to get yeah. the information out there. Yeah. But there was so much information in Farsi, especially, that at first I was sharing. And then really I started to think, okay, well, what is the intention behind sharing yes. this information? Yeah. Some of it was really just because <coughs> I felt yeah. better by yeah. posting those things. But then when I started to think, okay, well, who do I have on Instagram? Do they all read Farsi? Are they going to you know, click on the hashtags or the videos and whatnot? So I think it's also important to be mindful of what it is that you're posting on social media platforms. It's a really sage point. That's a good point. Uh, Betty? Thank all right. Um Okay, you got... Uh, yes, yes. All right. So let's go, first of all, so we are going to go to three voices inside Iran. We did this last Thursday and honestly got a lot of, you know, nice reaction to it because people really appreciated hearing from people inside Iran. So have you, have we got this person now? Yeah, the, yes. Okay, okay. So let's go to Tehran. First of all, and a woman, uh, a woman in Tehran. She is in her 30s. She has a PhD in fine arts, and for the purposes of this interview, uh, we're going to call her Luna. Luna, are you there? Yes, I'm there. Hi. Thank you. Thank Hi. you for doing this. No problem. Um, let me let me start with this. It's been. Um, um, almost three weeks uh, that uh, since the the killing of Massa Amini and since the protests mm-hmm. began this round in in Iran, how how is your mood today? I, I actually I feel good. I'm excited. Uh, sometimes I have like a little breakdown or I'm sad because of news. You know, every news we hear, but uh, but uh, generally I'm okay. I, I'm I'm very hopeful. Why are, why are you excited? I'm excited because it's the first time we have such a revolution since I since I'm born, and um, uh, and actually after the revolution of '79, uh, and uh, and uh, we the woman we are we are in front of everybody. We do uh, we 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 do what what we wanted to do for so many years. You've been going on the to the protests in Tehran pretty much every day, yes. I hear. Yes. Can Can you describe the atmosphere? Uh, it's it's uh, it's really scary, but it's really exciting because we really go and uh, and we we scream all we want to the regime, and uh, actually we we're going. For, it's the first time we can go out without our scarves, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, when when I'm there and I with everybody, it's like uh, we are we are uh, all together and uh, and I have the wind in my hair. I mean I mean uh, sometimes I'm just like why I have to battle for for, for this you know mm. for the freedom like this. But it's 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 really it's really crazy. It's really good. You've been going out without hijab then, huh? Yes. And and is that something you would have done before or is that new to you? No, no, never, no, never. I never done that, this before. And actually, like two days before the killing of Mahsa, I was at the uh, at one cafe in Tehran with a friend and um, and they uh, came to us like two times because we had like the, the scarves wasn't really good. And they are just like, yes, you have to put your scarves uh 
correctly. Even when uh, we have scarves, they are just like there to say it's not the correct way to put your scarf. Right. But uh, now we will go out without a scarf, and we we uh, when when I'm not uh, in the protest uh, in the in protest, I'm uh, I'm going out without a scarf, and I'm uh, just look at the eyes of the policemen, and I'm just like look at me. I'm just like this, and you can't say anything. And they say they they say anything. <laughs> they say nothing actually. Wow. Tell me about, we hear so much about the internet crackdown. It wasn't even even easy yeah. getting in touch with you now. Um, yeah. Tell me how, how you guys organize these protests if, if it's hard to even get in touch with people who live down the street. How, how, is, how are things happening on an organizational level? Uh, we, we don't have a real organization like that. This is, this is actually the point that's uh, really... Uh, put the regime uh, in anger because we don't have a, a, a such an organization. I mean, I'm going out in my area. The other ones go out in their area. We just walk and we find each other. And wow. after we, we start to to yell, and, uh, it's, it's just going uh, like this. I mean, this is the this is uh, actually this is, I think, the positive point of this, uh, this protest. And this is why they can't really stop us. Wow. So you just, you literally go out every night and you find protests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's not that uh, hard to find. Uh, some, some nights they are uh, like really there, like each, each matters. You have a, a different uh, uh, kind of policeman or besieges or whatever. But uh, normally in... Uh, uh, in normal light, uh, nights, we just go out and we know, you know, the streets... Uh, near us, who uh, where we can find the protests? Yeah, it sounds like your your dog is ready for the revolution as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's quite it's quite all right. I'm we're pro dog. With a, uh, um, <laughs> so let me ask you something. I mean, I started today's show talking about the the youth of Iran and how incredibly inspiring this is to see. Um, I mean, we're seeing videos of high school girls, of of kids, yeah. you know, going out there and and yeah. and understanding, for example, simple simple tactics like as a collective you're stronger, you know, rather than going out individually. And there, there's there's that video of the the girls at school screaming at that superintendent and pushing him out. And uh, are are you seeing that from? I mean, I consider you young too. You're in your 30s, but I mean, are you seeing younger <laughs> yeah. generations? And are you inspired by that as well? Totally. I mean, they, they are our leaders. <laughs> Actually, they, they showed us we can be brave. We can go out there. We don't need to have a big leader. I don't know whom, from where, who has the, this point or that point. Actually, what we want is freedom. What we want is that, that this regime to, to, to stop killings and, uh, and to stop bothering us and to stop existing. I can, I can say. And they are actually so brave. They are in the in the first line of everything. I, 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 every day I'm inspired by them. Yeah. Why totally. do you th Why do you think they're so brave? I think they are really intelligent. I think we had the we had parents from '79 uh, uh, revolution generation. You know, so they were always like, "Don't do that. Don't do that. You can, you have to behave. You are a girl. You're blah blah." But they don't have these parents. They, their parents actually are born after the revolution, normally or uh, just before. So they, they, they don't have our traditional uh, way of uh, growing up. 
and they have internet and they can communicate with the world. So uh, I think the the this is it. Yeah. Well, I I, I am uh, like many people around the world. I am so inspired watching you you guys and 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 I I feel it's incredibly powerful, incredibly inspiring. Thank you know you. you know there are people, um, well-meaning people, you know who are have been studying Iran for years. They might be uh, professors. They might be pundits. They might be prognosticators. There are people who will say. You know, there needs to be a plan in place. There needs to be proper leadership. There needs this has to be organized. They have to, you know, this this they, uh, otherwise this is going to peter out. With you being in the eye of the storm, there, how wh- what do you re- how do you react when I tell you there's there's folks saying something like that? I think this is the problem we had for all these years before because always we we had to wait for a leader. We have to had a plan. But we don't need a plan. We just want a freedom. And after we have a freedom and after we have a referendum, we can, every, every, everybody, every uh, just like another countries in the world, free countries, I mean, y- we can have like a different, uh, uh, different representation from uh, so many different angles and the points of view. And I mean, I don't know, conservators or, uh, or, or communists or <laughs> liberals or everything. And uh, t- uh, Everybody can uh, uh, talk and have a prob- uh, program, and after we can just discuss everything. The, the, the main point here is we, ha- we want a referendum, and we don't want this regime to continue like this. This is the, the main point, and we are, this is the program for, uh, for us for now. What do you want the referendum to say? Uh, I, actually, we just want to say yes or no to this regime. I think for to to to, to for the start, to beginning for with it's really cool if we can answer to this <laughs> really important question. Mm. And so you think that if a majority of people uh, in Iran, if there was a referendum and, and a majority said we don't want this regime, um, I am absolutely certain. Yeah. No, but do you think that the regime would 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 concede that? Oh. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, you know, the dictator uh, problem is they never want to accept e- anything. Yes. And this is exactly the point that uh, make them shoot <laughs> and make them fall. Yes. Yeah, this is it. Well, let, let me ask you about the, the shooting and because um, <clears throat> we've thrown around words like uh, courage and bravery, but you've been going out without a hijab. You've been going to these protests. I'm guessing at this point, Luna, you probably know people. You certainly would know people who've been arrested. You probably know people who've been yeah. beaten. Maybe you know people who've been shot. Um, it feels like a very brave choice to be doing what you're doing. Are you aware of the risks and how do you make sense of that in your own mind? Uh, yeah, this is risky. I mean, uh, when, when you want to change something, uh, it's always risky. If you don't want to take a risk, you have to stay and stagnate in your position. This is the problem. Uh, not uh, th- They are really brutal. This is why we are not that much now in the streets in the, at the nights. Uh, in, in, at, uh, uh, during the days, uh, the students in the universities and in uh, high schools, uh, they are really, really uh, they, they, so many of them. But uh, at the night, if we are like not that much because, because they are brutal and it's risky, but you have to take risks. I mean, not everybody uh, do that, but uh, each person has his point of view and his convictions. Uh, and my conviction is I, I, I take the risk, yeah. 
What is your, do, do you have conversations about this with your family? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> what do they say? Uh, they're not, they, 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 they're frightened. They're, it's, it's really scary. I was beaten. I know friends, they are arrested, actually. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I told them, uh, you didn't take the risk. This is why I'm here now. Uh, but I have to take the risk for, for others. I mean, for the new generations, for myself, for children of the, the country, because I don't want to, them to ask me the same question I asked my parents. Why didn't you do anything? Mm. <laughs> you, were you injured? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was beaten by, uh, uh, the uh, I don't know uh, how how I put it in English uh, baton riot, riot oh with the baton yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, and, the the, the, the uh, riot the riot police did this uh, yeah the, it was actually the police I, I mean the yeah yeah they call it yegan vije but it's like uh, it's a it's a kind of force yes <laughs> police force. yes yeah. the, so this happened at a protest yeah this uh, the first night actually <laughs> and and that that doesn't deter you. Oh no! I I I I was more angry. <laughs> mm. I was more angry, and uh, the I didn't stop for a day. I, the, the the next day I, I was there. I mean, <laughs> this wow. is. I was like, okay, if you want to do that, I'm I'm gonna come back. <laughs> the thing is, talking to people like you, it doesn't sound like these. I mean, when there's speculation that um, you know, like Alban, these protests will eventually die down, they'll go away. It doesn't sound like that's gonna happen this time. It, you 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 sound very determined to keep this going. Uh, we are. It's, uh, we 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 really are. But I mean, if even if they can uh, silence us for the moment in one week or two weeks it's gonna go out again because they're gonna do uh, something else and we have like so many things to uh, to uh, like uh, a bad souvenir like the flight PS752 or yes. I don't know we are, or, or uh, November uh, 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 killings or yeah. everything yeah. yeah so we have so many things to go out and I, I'm I'm I, and even if they can sil uh, silence us, it's not never going to be again like uh, before. Uh, mm. No, it's not going to be like before again. Yeah. Are you, uh, I, I'm guessing, I, I mean, we got in touch with you, so I'm guessing you are aware of the, 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 the demonstrations in support of you guys that have been happening around the world. Here in Toronto, we had yeah. over, over 50,000 people here. Do, do you guys talk about that when you're, demonstrating i mean is everybody aware of that is that is that does that help somehow yeah totally i mean uh it, it's not uh, in iran protest this is iranian protest uh, 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 against the regime i mean when i was uh, when i lived uh, out of iran i was uh, i i feel the, the same so i know every iranians out there they feel the same and they want to help us and it actually really really help us because we have hope we know they they are our voice and uh, this is uh, why all uh, different european uh, countries and even uh, usa and uh, uh, kind of canada <laughs> they uh, uh, they talk about us every day in the in parliament in the, in uh, in their uh, in their tvs in their medias i mean yeah yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's absolutely great, and it's uh, everybody have to con continue like like us. Yeah, 
there's a conversation that's been happening amongst those of us uh, Iranians who live outside of Iran about how exhausted everybody is just looking at the, you know, doom scrolling through our, you know, Instagram or something just to see the information, see what's happening. Um, and we're not even on the front lines. You are. So are, are you are you tired? Uh, no, we are not tired. Some sometimes we are down. You know, you can you can't be like in your hundred uh, percent of energy like for three weeks. Uh, we have uh, the up and down moments, but no, we are not tired. We are so excited. This is the pro- this is the difference between us between uh, us and uh, them. We are not tired because we are so excited about this, and we know we have. Uh, uh, rights to do that, but they don't have this. So I think they are really, really tired. <laughs> Who's they? The, 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 uh, the, the regime, the policemen, yeah. and everybody, and and forces, and you know, besieges without uh, like in civils and. Do you ever have conversations? I mean, I'm, I'm indulging now because I've got you on the line, but do you ever have conversations with any of these guys who are, you know, uh, these riot police or everything? Do you, do you ever actually get to engage with any of them and find out what they're thinking? No, not, not, not now, actually, because it's, it's really hard to just uh, talk to somebody who has uh, maybe be the... As, uh, maybe killed somebody. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like yeah. so. And and you know, the problem is we we we, we want to talk, but they don't. They they can't talk because they don't have the reason. They are just like it's ideologistic mm. thing, you know, for them. It's just like be, we do that because we have to do that because uh, uh, X said we have to do that. This is not the reason. I mean, how can you uh, debate with somebody for <laughs> like this? You know. Uh, I'm I'm in awe of you. I think you, you know. I'm sure people who are listening uh, around the world right now are are so um, impressed and inspired by um, your determination. As a final question to you, and and given that there are people listening literally around the world to you right now, what would your what would what do you want them to know? What's your message to everybody? Uh, just believe. I believe everybody here believes. So uh, just please believe and please be our voice and please do whatever you think you can do. If uh, if it's like a really, really uh, little step, it's it's a step and it's something for us. So just believe and do something. Luna, thank you so much for this today. Take care no, of yourself, thank please. You. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I, Bye-bye. I do my best. <laughs> Goodbye. The smell of the warm summer air I live in a town Where you can't smell a thing You watch your feet For cracks in the pavement Up above Aliens hover Making home Folks back home Of all these weird creatures Who lock up their spirits Through holes in themselves And live for the secrets Alright Let's go to Mashad now 
live to Mashad and a man in his 20s. He's a web a content creator. We will call him Mustafa. And um, Mustafa is joining us, as I say, from Mashad. Mustafa, are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I know you've been attending protests. Uh, you're in Mashhad. I, I, from what I hear, there's police everywhere. Tell me, first of all, how was your mood today? Today, today, I was a little down because uh, the news everywhere are kind of sad and we are angry, angrier than ever. But uh, we're trying to hold on. It's getting harder and harder for us to hold on. I've been in uh, other cities during this protest, but here in Meshad, it's a little harder than other uh, other cities because of the religious uh, team of the city and other stuff. But we have been busy. Yeah, uh, we didn't let it go. Yes. And we're trying to keep the idea alive. When you say that you're sad because of the news, um, that could that, there's a lot of news right now. So what in particular yeah, yeah. what in particular are you thinking about when you say I'm sad? Uh that's uh, the point is that we don't know what to be sad about because of the there are killing people like they are just numbers it, 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 they don't care about the numbers they just want to kill uh, this is the point that we are protesting about uh, because we don't want it we don't want to be just a number we, we, we want to have the identity uh, and this is bothering us uh, actually everything something about it uh, about the body and its role during the revolution but I don't know uh, first I guess we should talk more and I should answer more questions sure and whatever is comfortable for you I mean I just spoke to um, uh, a woman who is one of the activists one of the people who's on the front lines in Tehran um, okay. she, she was quite excited. I mean, she said uh, she said that, you know, she doesn't see any signs of things, um, you know, uh, winding down. People are young people in particular are are particular are so angry that they're not going to let this go. And she was she 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 had a sense of excitement about it. You've you've been on protests um, from what I understand quite regularly. Yeah. Can you describe the atmosphere on when you're actually at a protest? Yes, uh, excitement. Uh, we are trying to get ourselves back. It's what it, what is uh, exciting us. Uh, the whole idea is exciting because uh, we've been like uh, we're parts of their system. Uh, we were not there actually. Uh, it's what it's not what we wanted all these years, and we didn't know it. Now we are having this knowledge that we want it, that we want to be somebody, mm. that we want to do something. It's all the excitement. Uh, and yes, uh, we are people, we are human. Uh, and we are, we have uh, every kinds of feelings 
during these days and we are experiencing something uh, more than normal and that's why today I'm maybe sad but yesterday I wasn't like this the mm. day before I wasn't like that every day it's changing yeah let me ask you a question I don't even know if you can answer this but it's it because it's it, it may be a bit of a reach but let me try with this question and you tell me what uh, it's so interesting to me when you say you know the way we were brought up and and I've been talking on this program um, and many many people are talking about how inspirational it is to see young people you know high school kids high school girls high school yeah. boys yeah. Um, teenagers and and folks in their 20s like you out there uh, tell me about how you perceive I mean you've grown up in a place where the regime for all intents and purposes was supposedly omnipotent was you know you couldn't possibly move this thing this is a a powerful regime that's always going to keep you under their thumb how 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 have you guys managed to 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 have the hope the dream and the courage to think no actually we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and change this uh actually the the whole idea was having uh, was having this hope this hope uh, our time has come and we are feeling it we are feeling alive again all these years were like okay we just need to survive maybe someday somebody gonna save us but today we have this understanding that it's us that should save us and when we see younger people like uh, these people in the streets on the streets uh, it it's, it's it's just kind of shame for me and maybe for other people that we didn't do anything during these years we just uh, stayed and just waited all these years and we just want to get rid of this feeling mm. that uh, this shame that uh, okay what have you done for your freedom and I'm like okay I, I read some books I, I wrote some things uh, I talked to some people but they were not enough uh, we wanted we needed some physical movement some physical actions and we can see them right now and it's really inspirational and Yes, uh, I want to thank all of these guys, all of them. Do you see, Mustafa, when you're sitting in, in, in Mashhad, do you see, I mean, I've been asking people whether you're aware of all the big protests and the support from, you know, people around the world for you guys, but do you also see videos of the high school girls in Iran who are fighting against the superintendent and chanting and and are you are you aware of what's happening in other parts of Iran? Yes, it's a little hard because of the condition of the internet. But uh, actually, uh, <clears throat> I've been busy all these days uh, following the news. It's only thing that I do uh, besides the protesting on the streets. Uh, I I want to know everything about this movement. I want to know uh, in Iran and other countries what's happening, and yes, it's hard, but yeah, yeah, I'm aware. Of, I'm aware of all of them. What do you think of people, you know, sort of um, pundits in the West who say, "Well, 
this is going to die out soon. You know, when there's an internet blockage and there's a crackdown, unfortunately, it, you know, that the protests will whittle down and go away. Um, and we'll have to wait for another another round sometime in the future. What what do you think of that? Uh, a revolution is not something that happens in one night. And people were uh, the the excitement you talked about. The excitement uh, doesn't last long. It's okay. It's natural. But we need to keep the movement alive. It's just uh, the a must. It's just a must. We must keep the movement alive, and uh, we're talking about. Uh, we I've been talking to people about it, and yes, some say, yeah, it's, it's over, it's over, it's already over. But I don't think like that. I mean, uh, if it was ten years ago, it might be. Twenty years ago, it was over. But now people are awake, are aware, and they know what's happening. They won't let it die easily so i think maybe this day today maybe tomorrow it won't happen but we will keep it alive for month maybe for a year maybe more than this uh it's the point you know uh when we are in the streets when we are protesting uh any kind of this protest uh it's it's it, it makes the government tired uh it makes them pay and uh this is what we want want to keep it alive keep the hope alive and this gonna happen i'm well, sure this gonna happen maybe not this time but maybe next time i don't know no one knows about the future mustafa when you um you say you go to the streets uh how how do you it might be a silly question. I don't know, but Mashhad's a big city. Uh, how yeah. do you know where to go? I mean, it's, it's got to be difficult to organize right now. You can't announce your protests uh, to the regime. I mean, so where, so where yeah. is it that you know you can go and find um, brothers and sisters who are going to be uh, on the front lines with you? It's a little hard these days, but it was easier in, at the beginning. Uh, we had, uh, you know. I was uh, kind of in charge for some of them, not uh, the main person, but I was uh, I was the one who gives info to other people. But uh, the thing is, uh, it's like Bitcoin uh, because it's not centralized. Uh, there is no one, there's no head for this. Hmm. And I like it. I like it this way. We start walking the streets uh, like we were five people six people and we could guess uh the, the 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 streets that we will be there so we were uh just wandering around and then we realized that okay it's somewhere else we started to move there and yes we could join them it wasn't easy it was really hard but uh yes we could but nowadays I mean, these days, like this week, uh, it get a little harder than ever because uh, we realized that some of the people who gave that info to us uh, was not with, uh, were not with people. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's getting harder and harder for us. But right. uh, I like it this way. I told you. I'm so... Um... 
seduced by this idea that um, that you guys have right now of, of not actually needing a leader of, of of sort of being the spirit of this is is without ha- having some top-down leader but it's um, all these people from um, on the ground you know doing this collectively C- can I ask you personally have you been uh, have you been arrested have you been shot at have you been beaten has have, have you been through any of that Unfortunately, unfortunately, no. I was a little lucky about it, but I've seen really brutal scenes on the streets. How did you escape that? Uh, okay, uh, there are some instruction for them. Like, uh, if you be in the middle, uh, you will be, you will have more safety. But if you on the on the front line. Of course, you will be shot or maybe arrested. Uh, so, uh, I started teaching people about how to survive. Uh, I started writing on my on my uh, Telegram channel, on my Instagram, about how to escape these scenes. And yeah, I. And what I, do you I'm say? Happy. What, what do you say? Okay. Oh. <sighs> Uh, first of all, it's about the uh, gas, the gas they use. They use it to uh, make people blind and yeah, it really bothers people. Uh, it really bothers you when you want to sleep because it's not a normal gas, the one that is uh, common between other countries, among other countries. But uh, uh, first of all, you should have some equipment for your uh, for yourself, like cigarettes, like lighters, like uh, water, and other stuff. And after that, you should know the moments. Uh, the moment when it's getting hard for you, you should go away because uh, you are needed the day after. You shouldn't mm. stay just there to show that you're brave, like. It's not useful, you know. Uh, we want to make the movement functional. Wow. Uh, I was talking to people, yeah, uh, and talking about this. Some of them uh, uh, are disagree. Uh, some of them were uh, not agree with me. But yeah, I mean, uh, the main point, the, the whole point, is to keep the movement alive. If you're arrested, you will be burnt. You will be out of the function yeah so yes there are some other things other tips but are you i don't know if are, are you personally yeah. um scared right now i mean in general do you do no. you do you live in fear of what might happen to you when you go on these demonstrations do you um are you always watching your back i'm curious how this is psychologically affects you yeah, of course, of course. Uh, when you read the stories about the treatment, about the way you and they treat the people, uh, you got to be scared. You got to watch your back. You shouldn't trust anyone, even in the people who are protesting. There are some spies always. So there's no safe spots, in fact. Uh, Can you identify cops. the spies? Do you could you can you or I guess that's that's what makes them spies you can't you can't identify I mean how 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 often do you sort of know that this person is probably okay. not one of us 
it was easier in Tehran and Rasht where I started the protests uh, but in Mashhad it's harder because uh, it's a religious city and our signs uh, is based are based on their looks and in Mashhad most of the people look like them so you can't really trust anyone uh, you like you look look at someone and you can say okay this is one of them and this is it you can't trust anyone in the middle of that so yeah i'm scared in mashup i wasn't scared in rash because i could tell them really easy but in mashup it's harder and it's scarier why did you come back like, to mashup uh because of my family and what do your family say about this situation and you being involved uh, <laughs> uh they hate it see it's it's so interesting to me it's it you guys out there it's not just the the authorities that you're defying in a lot of cases you're defying your own families who i mean who love you and don't want you to get hurt and and, and something like that these are tough decisions that you that you have to make what what kind of conversation do you have with your your parents to to make them understand okay. that this is too important to you yes first of all this starts with my uh, younger sister who was with me in some of the occasions uh, my father asked me to stop her uh, and I told her I told him that uh, I have uh, taught her to be like that how can I ask her to stop it and uh, then it was a fight. It was a real fight between us, but somehow we could handle it. I told him that I'm responsible for whatever happened, and he just accepted it after like an hour, an hour, yeah. It took an hour to make him accept it. How old is your sister? 21. Sounds like she's very brave. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's braver than me. Why do you say that? Uh, because she goes to the front line. I'm always at the back. I ask her to stay with me, but she doesn't listen to me. She says, if I stay back, uh, they will be braver than us. So, yes, she's braver than me, but I think... Uh, it doesn't matter where you stay. It's about being there. Yes. No, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a different point of view. I'm, um, I, I really appreciate the courage of what you're doing and, and the determination. And I, I'm sure people who are listening to this right now all feel that way. Um, and if, if worrying about you at the same time, um, you said you had written something about um, the body. What did you want to tell us about about that? Uh, how much time do I have? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's uh, that's up to you. But I mean, is there a short version of you of of, of what yeah, you've written yeah, that yeah. you want to tell us? Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I want to read it. Can I start? Oh, oh you, okay. You're going to read it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, started. I'm getting close to the end of my 20s, and for years I've been struggling with my depression. 
My body is a mess. I can't. I just can't. When I was younger, I had many dreams, but little by little, I felt like I can't. Uh, this question has been bothering me all these years. Haven't I tried enough? And the answer was clear. I had. I did more than a normal person. But actually, what happened to my dreams? I was disappointed at many points and the idea was getting bigger. A normal person like me can't make a normal life. I can't have a house or a car. I can't have the phone I want. Because everything was uh, more expensive than my budget. Things got worse when my dad uh, lost all his capital on a deal. Then I became responsible to keep the food on the table for my family. I had to try more and more, but the challenge was getting bigger and bigger. I had to survive, but my body was denying it. It's where my story begins with this revolutionary movement. Uh, my body started to feel. I was numb for years, but three weeks ago, I felt like my body has found a way out. A way to express itself as something more than a machine. Little by little, I realized that I want my body back. It had been stolen. By who? The government. All these challenges were there to keep my body busy, busy working for them. I wanted to break free. So I felt it. The revolution had begun. I quit my jobs and started to write for the people and our revolution. Now my body had a point. I became full of life, full of purpose. It was not an easy task, and it never will be. As a writer, you're responsible to make it understandable for everybody. But I found out that they have been converted to machines too. They didn't know their bodies. So I moved a step backward to make people move forward. I changed the topic from body to streets. I asked them to be with their bodies where there are gunpowder. The next step was to teach them how to survive. My literature changed its face from poetic to something functional. Because if you protest, if you have a point, if you fight for freedom, you will take your body back. Then you can use it. You no longer will be a part of their system. You will look for a way to work independently. Then you will be something else, more than just a body. Our bodies are platforms for the dictators. And hijab is a signal from the dictators that we own this body. They keep saying stories about hijab and call it something that protects the women. But the thing is, it is hijab that creates the monsters that the women should be protected from. So this fight is a hope. It's a war for us to take our bodies back and to feel alive again. Because believe me, it's a nightmare when you laugh while knowing this mouth doesn't belong to you. 
We're fighting for a dream. Finish. Wow, Mustafa, that is um, that's very moving and very powerful, and I thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Do you? Uh, can I ask you a difficult question? Yeah. Um, I forgive me for asking this, but if you feel this that you've taken your body back or you're in that process in this time, etc., what what happens if if uh, I, I mean what what happens if you guys fail? What happens if nothing changes in terms of the regime? Will you still feel like this has all been worth it? Uh, it's all about what we feel right now. Uh, if we fail, I don't know. We have felt this way. Mm. Uh, we don't want to lose this feeling. We won't stop. We never will stop again. Uh, the change we were looking for had happened. It's done. Even if we fail, we won't go back to where we started it. It's the point of the of this revolution, at least. That's very well said. I, again, I I, I really appreciate um, you taking the time and sharing your experience. And um, it's been, I think it's a very, very a little treasure to have you a voice like yours that we can uh, hopefully have the, the whole world hearing. Um, thanks for this. Thank you, Jean. I'm really glad to hear your voice and thanks for the opportunity to uh, share my words with you. I dream of a day where in a different Iran, I can come and meet you in person there. I will fight for this. Bye-bye. special edition of Rook the uprising voices from inside Iran number two we did number one last week by the way if you want to check out any of our programming along the lines of the uprising or anything else rookmedia.com is our site rookmedia.com let's go to back to Tehran now and a filmmaker and film editor is uh, she's in her early 30s she's been very active uh, in the demonstrations and protests inside Iran and um, she is actually currently in an undisclosed location because um, from what I understand authorities are looking for her. for the sake of this interview we are going to call you Homa Homa are you there yes I am Jean. hi thank you so much for doing this thank you so much happy to help 
Am I to, is it correct to understand that you are currently in hiding of some kind? Um, yes, yes. Um, unfortunately, two of, we were a group of friends, which we were participating in demonstrations. And two days ago, I heard that two of my friends were arrested in their homes. And one of my friends recommended that I shut down my phone and move out of my house and go to a friend's house. So, um, yes, I am in hiding right now. So uh, when they arrest in the home, it means that the, the, that the police or the riot police or I don't know who, who turns up at, and knocks on the door and says, we're, we're here to take somebody away. Is that how it works? Um, yes, uh, mostly it's intelligence service people and they, yeah, they went in and they warrant, um, it didn't have any names in it, but hmm. the warrant was that you were participating in demonstrations and you were seen several times. That was the fact that they were going for them and because we were all together most of the time and the next day I heard that the other of my friends were arrested so I thought that it's safe that um, me and other people who are still not arrested to go someplace and yeah. um, art for a while. I, I was just speaking to a, a young man in, in Mashhad um, and he was saying that I mean, it's so interesting to hear what you guys are doing there. Um, and while it's while it's incredibly inspiring, it's also quite um, devastating to hear these stories. I mean, he was saying, you know, it's not just the people who are shooting at you or potentially beating you or arresting you that you have to be careful of, but that in and amongst the protesters, there's usually spies of some kind. Um, is that something you're aware of in Tehran as well? Um, yes, of course. Um and honestly, mostly the covered police or thugs, as I should say, they are mostly con um, controlling the streets and demonstrations. Like I remember one time we went to Tajrish, Valias Street, and it was covered police that prevent us um, for five hours. It's a very long time in one street that they just trying to find the escapeways and go and control that street, the other street. and. They were um, spreading the people, trying not for um, trying to prevent that people were together um, before amount that they can um, shout or they can say Zanzandigi Azadi or yeah do something. And it was mostly them actually, and they were very powerful and unfortunately very young, very young generation. Do you do you sense um, a difference in in the the vibe amongst you guys who are demonstrating, um, say this week compared to the first week? Is there a different atmosphere? Is there is there a different emotion, or has it been really consistent? I think um, comparing this week, the people are more the people are more angry, the people are more trying to find other ways or other streets because in i can say that about tehran i haven't been to other cities but sure. i think in tehran we have different squares that um that are very important or popular for demonstrations and movement that we had in past 40 years but um for this week 
it was all over Tehran. Like, it wasn't only that they were protecting Valias Square or Vanak Square or Tajrish. They were um, protecting little alleys or streets in Polirumi, um, Shariati Street, or anywhere. And for me, this was a sign that everywhere, in every classes, like, as you can say, like, not only um, going for the streets that are for middle class, they're yes. everywhere, like in downtown of Tehran or in Tajrish above, which is considered the place that most people upper class lives. So um, it's this thing that I think it's different. But in terms of the conversations you guys have with each other, was there more excitement and hope in the beginning or ha has that sustained? Do you still feel that, I mean, it's clearly, it's understandable if the anger has risen because, given the, the nature of the brutal crackdown and stuff. But I mean, what, what in, in terms of the conversations you have with your comrades there, what, do you, what does that feel like? Actually, day and day, it's more hopeful. It's a very strange, Jan, because although it's the most brutal days that I've seen, because back in Hijdaetir, um, I was very, I was like, I think I was seven or eight. I was a child, but mm -hmm. I was in the streets. During Green Revolution, I was 19 and I was participating very much. And after that, um, Alborn 2019 and for the demonstrations for the airplane flight, um, 752 in all of them there were something that you you thought that it's not going to last or it's not going it, or it's not attracting all the classes or right. all all the right. people right but in this one um it's really fascinating that you see men uh, my the generation of my parents that for example, they used to prevent us to go out. Please don't go, go out. You will get killed. But this this time, they are coming with us. And, and this is something very extraordinary, especially when I see younger generation. Each video or photo that I saw, see from girls in high school or in elementary school, that they have this awareness that we don't want to wear this. And yeah, this is amazing. the beginning. It's amazing. Yeah, yes, it is. It's so, ins I mean, it's inspiring to us watching it from from the outside, but you're saying it's even inspiring for you, even though you're there demonstrating, seeing these younger people have that kind of awareness and that sense of collective action and stuff is inspiring you too. Yes, because that's the first step. Honestly, um, I never thought that Generation Z would... Um, I never thought that I was thinking that, okay, all they care about is Instagram, TikTok, and uh, and because of our educational system, um, mostly for that generation, um, they were not allowed to qu question anything. They were not allowed to think about anything. And to and actually that this was a turning point for me because I realized that, okay, I was so wrong. These are the most courageous and fearless, and I'm actually learning from them. They are inspiring me in my generation and, and older generation to come out, and they are realizing the fact that, okay, hijab is, is not, um, it's the first step. Whoever told you what to wear, the next step is tell you what to think, what to do, uh -huh. and to realizing that even for men, like, 
before that, whenever we talked about hijab among my friends, co-workers, they were like, no, the economy is horrible. It's not, it's not our primarily thought. Um, it's not that important. We, sh we should fix other stuff first. Then we go to this and then. But right now, um, they acknowledged this point that this is very important. This is women's right. The first word of the Zanzendiki also yes, did. And yes. then when we have women's rights, then it, we would be equal. Then we would have human's right, which is Zendegi life. And then freedom. And hmm. these are just parts in a um, good do, place. Do, like you, do you place. see those young people what you, that you're talking about, like the 18-year-olds? So the, the are you seeing them uh, on the demonstrations and, and, and they're sort of taking the, the lead in, in, the, in the front lines? Yes, very much, very much, very much. Boy and girl, they're, they are actually the most, honestly, I should say, most courageous. And this generation, like, I had this, um, not funny, but strange memory that one time um, we were out and one of the girls, who I couldn't guess how old is she, she says, that's the first time I saw a guy with a gun. And I said, what about the green revolution and she said no i was seven and i said what about the <laughs> right, right. i said what about the demonstration while we were out for the airplane and she said no i was 13 and then i realized that she hasn't seen guards with yeah. gun or the fear that they might hit you anytime and she's and she's not frightened she's she's there because our generation us are used to that picture, are used to that view, and are used to, and we can guess what will happen next. We can yeah. predict. But yeah. for the person who hasn't seen anything and experienced anything to stand there, and this time, comparing to the previous um, demonstrations and times, they are more brutal. They are very much more brutal, but they're not afraid. They. They don't care. Well, the they amazing part, I mean, there, there, there's want. the physical courage of going and standing, but but even two steps before that, to me, it's just, I'm blown away that a 15-year-old, and maybe this is the internet, as a lot of people have noted, or, or you know, folks like you talking to people who are 10, 15 years younger than you, and I, I don't know, but how a 15-year-old, you know, in the in the West, we would say, hasn't drunk the Kool-Aid, you know, like hasn't, hasn't been... Um, indoctrinated by this regime you know to think a certain way and in fact is thinking the exact opposite way no forget it fuck you you know this is not something i'm going to buy into that's incredible because that that is the failure of the islamic republic to to try and control the people right exactly and on the same point that you just made, it's really strange for me whenever I see covered police or basijis or um, police guards that they are very young, very young. And I'm thinking, that, okay, how hard is it to educate a, people, a, a generation that is connected to internet, that they can use internet this, like mm. um, this savage or uneducated and not knowing what's the difference between right and wrong. And this is very strange for me that, on the other hand, there are people who you cannot control them. But on the other hand, there are people who cannot understand the difference between right and wrong and would join this um, savage things that they are doing. There's there's a little um, 
sort of a there's a conversation that happens every day throughout these last three weeks certainly for those of us outside of iran which is this kind of it's almost like people are laying bets on how long this could last you know as you say those of us who've been around long enough have seen this before and we okay they they block the internet and then they crack down brutally and and then it, it dissipates so the protests die out um and there's some people who were predicting that you know two weeks ago and um and it hasn't stopped. It's it's continued um, in all parts of Iran. And, and, you know, this week we're seeing these videos of, of the high school girls and the, the kids, you know, who are standing up to uh, their superintendents yes. and whatever. Uh, are, are you surprised that it, it is has lasted or is, is growing or does that not come as a surprise to you? Um, I was surprised, uh, but I think it will um, go longer. But if not, I think one thing that has changed that is very important is the idea of this demonstration. Um, I can say that it's been, for example, my I myself has been not wearing hijab for seven years. Do, I do not wear it um, for seven years. In, in my yes, I do not wear it in office. I I do not. <laughs> I was in Istanbul seven years ago, and when I get back, I wanted to put off put on my scarf and I was like that's it I can't do it wow. it wasn't a long time that I was in Istanbul it was four days but after four days I was like mm. why should I wear this why should I do that and I don't want to and I decided that okay I'm not wearing the scarf and I had so much difficulties in my company the, the um, place that I was working that um, that um, if you don't want to wear it okay but when somebody's coming you go to a room so nobody sees you so the company wouldn't be in trouble or, for example, my parents were like, okay, if police get you, we have to come to the um, Evin prison, we have to do this, we have to put us in trouble. Mm -hmm. And even my friends, that they were like, okay, if we go out, please wear your hijab. If not, mm -hmm. if, if you don't wear it, police would come and ruin the night, blah, blah, blah. But right now, I had some phone calls from my previous co-workers that were saying that we are sorry that we put you in the room and wow. we thought that okay this is going to put the company in trouble wow. and there were friends that i that we were talking that sorry that when when in that time we wanted to go to a cafe or restaurant we said that okay please if you want to come put your head up because then the restaurant would ask us out right now this is this has changed that um and how does that make you feel it, yeah and, and make me feel hopeful that it's a very good step it's um because when the mindset is changed after that other things can happen and the government is not going to they, they have no control on the mindset or the culture what what can, they can do it's just controlling the streets but they cannot control mindset and culture that people are right now gaining and having and believing in it um so it, I'm I'm so I mean it sounds like you you're incredibly brave. You've been talking about how the younger people than you are brave, but I mean what what you've been doing and setting that example for so long is is really impressive. Can I ask you before I let you go? I mean what 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 is your um, plan right now? Because you are you're you're sort of staying away from your own house because there's a good chance that the authorities would come and 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 
take you away like they've done your your friends. Um, how long do you have to do you plan to do that for? And and are you still going to go out on demonstrations, or do you really have you decide you have to stay lay low? Um, which of course, I mean, if for your own safety, I guess we would want you to. What what are you thinking? <laughs> Uh, my plan is for now, for three or four days, I will stay out of my house. and uh, But of course, I will go back and to the street, to the social media, wh- wherever I can um, fight for or show myself. Because it's not a matter that you fight something. It's a matter that you go out, even though you're one person, but other people sees you. And that will, that will count. That will... Um, that's very important. That's very important. And yes, of course I will go. I feel and like continue. everyone has to, in a situation like the one you're in right now, you have to make a choice. We In the West, we have to make it in a smaller way, much, much smaller way of whether we're going to, you know, pick a side and, and put ourselves out there and say, no, you know, down with this regime or whatever. But for you guys, it's it's you're, you're, you're literally in the front line. You're literally in the line of fire. And so before I let you go, tell me about the decision you've made. I mean, you're obviously aware that going to these demonstrations, you see what's happened to your friends, you see what's happened to your brothers and sisters who are getting shot at or whatever. Uh, Tell me about the the look in the mirror moment that you you, uh, must have had at some point and and what you told yourself about why you want to do this. Honestly... um it, it might get long, I'm sorry, in advance. But I remember six years ago, I told one, he was immigrating. He was immigrating to Canada, and I told him that, why are, why are you going? It's all getting better. Let's stay here and make it. If all of us go, there's nothing to, there's nobody to fight for what we believe in. And he said, um, I'm getting old. I lost my 20s. I lost my 30s and I just want to go and live and in that time I in that time I was only 25 and I was thinking about his words that will 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 I get to the point that I thought that I think to myself that I lost my youth I lost my life um, not accomplishing anything or not having freedom for one day and Honestly, two days ago when I had to find a safe place to go and I was thinking to myself, imagining the situation that, okay, they got me and they asked me this. They, and going through my life with their point of view, and it was very de- devastating because I was not in that place, but my, I put myself in that place to learn that, okay, how should I handle it? And then, exactly like you said, because I was in the toilet when I was, practicing in front of the mirror t- to myself and I looked at myself and I I felt that I I'm very exhausted and I look very old and I think that I I am in that point that my friend was that I'm thinking that okay I haven't felt freedom I haven't lived freely I haven't enjoyed anything that my friends outside of Iran are posting on Instagram or their stories and does it worth it and um, and then I thought to myself yes it is I, I don't care and I will still stay in have this decision to stay in Iran and um, I will 
fight for whatever I think it's right to do. Even if I can, I'm not, um, um, even if I'm not lawyer, I'm not somebody in parliament, I'm not a activist, no, well-known activist that I can impact on other people. But I thought that, okay, I am an individual who cares. And um, I want to keep doing that. And with my friends, with whoever that I can do it with, try, at least try. Well, first of all, <laughs> that that wasn't that long. And second of all, it was incredibly <laughs> powerful. It was incredible. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing um, this stuff. I, 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 I completely understand, and I'm actually I I recommend that, that you use the pseudonym. So we're calling you Homa. But I hope one day we can do this properly and hear you know uh, you know not not have to use pseudonyms and and really talk about all this on the other side of um, um, a successful I don't know revolution. Uh, uh, I'm. So grateful for, for the time you've given us in the midst of being in, in hiding. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you, Jean. Thank you so much. Please take care of yourself. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This dream I'm dreaming Won't you wake me up All right. Just turn the microphones back on for Smart Pega and Ruby Shia. Um, oh man, all three of those three, they, they just, they blow me away. We started the show talking about how we should follow the youth. I mean, uh, these aren't even, you know, they're say, they're following the youth. They're saying we're following the 18 year olds. I think such an episode, I mean, from the beginning, your essay, like it brought tears to my eyes. I mean, uh, up to like here, like when Homa said that she looked at, she looked at herself in the mirror, and yeah. like, wow, that was fascinating. They've I mean, all made a decision, eh? Yeah. Like they've all made a decision that they're going for it. I mean, even at the end when um, when you were saying bye to Mustafa, and you know, you said one day, and he said, "I'll keep fighting for it." I, I honestly, I had goosebumps the minute he said yeah. that. Well, this is full time for. Uh, this episode, a special episode of Rook, the Uprising Voices from Inside Iran. We're doing our best to get this information out there in English with the hope and expectation that it can be accessible. We're on our ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. Feel free to share our content. Check it all out at rookmedia.com or any of our platforms. And you can support us by uh, pressing the support us button there. We do not make a profit from anything we do here. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Roham, Anahita, Parisa, Pega, Merhdad, and Shaya. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please do subscribe if you've not done so already on any of our platforms. Find me at Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. Mizunbashi. Mm-hmm.